But now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher, a program where you can have Bible questions answered. Here's your host, John Free. Well, today I don't know how many uh, Bible questions we'll answer. Yeah, I suppose if you call in, I'm not sure if there's another phone line available or not, but uh, I suppose we could answer a question or two if it rolls in. So just in case, I'll give you the number, 682-1430. As always, 863-682-1430. So uh, we have uh, Miss Rebecca Klein on the line with us uh, and be joining us for this hour um, and, and helping me here answer some, some questions and having some commentary concerning the issue of life and concerning the issue of abortion. And uh, so let me give uh, somewhat of a proper introduction to Miss Rebecca Klein. Miss um, Re- Rebecca has been involved in the helping, helping pregnant uh, women make the decisions concerning their, their life for many years now. She's uh, a very kind and gentle person, uh, very well-spoken and, and very passionate uh, for life. And uh, so I'm, I'm very glad you've, you've joined me. I'll, I'll leave it to you whether you want to officially um, represent your organization or not. But uh, I, I appreciate your work and your efforts that you do to, uh, to help women and, and men, for that matter, who are um, facing some what can be very difficult decisions. And um, you and I, when talking earlier, had made, you made some mention about the uh, divisiveness, if you will, the, the hostility even sometimes, the, the friction that can definitely show up in conversations concerning abortion and, um, and how that can, that can make people's decisions uh, even tougher sometimes. Uh, this weekend, it's, it's, uh, it's, this is an annual event, the March for Life up on Washington, D.C. happened today. Uh, typically, there are a lot of, so to speak, anti-protesters. In this case, anti-protesters would be people that are pro-choice, people that are pro-abortion would show up and, and antagonize or, or you know, uh, be in front of the Supreme Court or whatever the case might be, um, pro-abortion, even though this event, March for Life, is anti-abortion. And uh, but they they say that there wasn't a lot, uh, if if any, maybe one or two uh, opposition or pro-choice people up there making a, a, a rise. Um, I, I found that to be very interesting. The the comments that were about the March for Life from news places um, are saying that anti-abortion protesters uh, this they are very optimistic. Um, Fox talked about uh, people potentially celebrating in advance the overturning of of Roe v. Wade. Uh, CNN had an article that they had out. They seem to have taken it down for the time being, Um, so I can't tell you exactly what it it says. But there is this moment here in American history where people that are pro-lifers seem to be very optimistic about some big decisions coming down and things changing. Uh, Rebecca, do you have anything that you could speak towards that optimism? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly understand it. I think there's good reason for it, uh, you know, just from um, in pol- politics is not my my greatest area of involvement, you know, where we're more in the ministry uh, where, where I serve, we're focused in that one-on-one reaching the women who are in those places of decision. But, you know, anybody who watches the news can see that, you know, we've had major uh, decisions made over in Texas, you know, the heartbeat bill Mm -hmm. and uh, Florida even, you know, uh, putting something like that or trying to put something like that on the ballot and then everything going on at the Supreme Court level, you know, it's, it's, 
encouraging to those who believe in the value of life to see um, decisions and movement towards decisions that that lift up and hold up the value of life. And, and so the idea that Roe v. Wade um, even has the potential of being overturned is not something we've had to hold on to, you know, for, for decades. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I see the optimism in it. Um, I, I do believe it's a complex, uh, you know, issue and, and complex, um, you know, even if the decision were to be made uh, that they, there'd be an amazing moral victory in that for life. And, and for that, anyone who's pro-life will rejoice. Um, yet, it, I being on the ground, you know, boots on the ground, right. serving directly in the work, I also recognize that decisions like that, you know, um, may not may not bring the same effect that everybody imagines. Okay, so so let's talk about um, some of these cases that are at the Supreme Court right now, and the fear of some being that Roe v. Wade would be overturned, the mm-hmm. the optimism of some being that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. So pro-lifers saying, yes, mm-hmm. overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, you know, I would call them pro-deathers, but uh, pro-abortionists would, would say, no, Roe v. Wade cannot be overturned. What exactly right. happens if Roe v. Wade is overturned? My understanding would be that the decisions concerning abortions go back to state legislation yeah. rather than federal. That's my understanding, too, John. You know, that's, that, that's it. It's not that it outlaws abortion. It just, uh, as you and I have talked about, uh, or even in your commentary at the beginning here, that Roe v. Wade brought it to the federal level, and the overturning of Roe v. Wade would then return the decisions to the states. And so what that means is that, yes, in some states we will see abortion outlawed, um, yet there's no, um, no reason to expect that there'd be a widespread, you know, uh, change that abortions would, not be, would still be available in many, many states in our country. So let's say uh, Roe v. Wade does get overturned in the, in the near future here. And then uh, we'll, we'll just say Florida, since this is where we are. Say Florida ends up saying, hey, since Roe v. Wade is overturned, now this decision is in the, uh, the hands of the state legislation. The state legislation says we are going to limit or eliminate uh, mm-hmm. legal abortion here in Florida. Um, what really happens? Uh, what really happens to pregnant women who would desire an abortion and now feel like they can't get one? Uh, what really happens to agencies that, um, uh, such as what you, you work with and helping people, uh, that the hope is that they would choose life rather than abortion? What, what really happens in the real world? What happens? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the, the point is, like you're saying, John, is that just because uh, even if in the state of Florida abortion was not accessible to women, that does not mean women will not be seeking abortions. And so what it does um, for for the women in those cases is pushes them to then seek out where they can get abortions, crossing state lines and and things like that. What it does for agencies, so I I work with A Woman's Choice. Uh, It's a um, Christian pro-life organization that provides support, uh, medical uh, support and all educational support and information that help women uh, know their options so that they can choose life. And what I think it'll do is increase 
uh, our need and an opportunity uh, to reach women because when they're not able to get immediate abortion services, you know, in their local areas, they're still going to need someone to turn to. Um, we do provide medical services, of course, not abortion services, but we provide pregnancy testing and ultrasound. Women need that information in making decisions about their pregnancies, and so I think it'll um, push them to into our doors, which which is a great sure, thing, yeah, yeah. Um, a great opportunity. Um, but it's not going to stop them from looking for abortions. What it's going to do is create the new challenge for agencies like ours, and there's so many, like A Woman's Choice in Lakeland, um, in Polk County and in the state of Florida. Um, it's going to push us into trying to know how to reach the women who are looking for the abortions you know, on a much greater level and in different ways. So, so presently, it would be as if to say, presently there is a, uh, quote, easy way out. At least mm-hmm. that's how a lot mm-hmm. of people think of it. Uh, abortion right. is an easy way out. It's actually a very painful, very tragic mm-hmm. way out. Uh, yeah. Follows the, the women and even the, the fathers for many, many, many years down the road, if not a lifetime. We'll talk more about that, I think, in the second yeah. half. But um, So now they will feel like their way out has been eliminated and uh, they will need additional help. In my my words, what you're pinpointing here is um, abortion is more of a moral issue, um, a societal moral fabric issue than it is a legal or a medical issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I love the terminology for this weekend and for this Sunday – uh, with March for Life uh, or Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, um, because life has to be valued. And so what, mm-hmm. what we have to begin to do as a society is begin to value life again. Um, when we, but when we take away the things that definitely are attacks on the sanctity of life, such as abortion, when we take away those things, I think we'll start changing, uh, be able to more readily change the mind of, of people. Uh, our education systems need to change. Our love one for another needs to change. The um, You and I were talking earlier, the way that the church um, cares for or looks at or speaks to mm. a, a 15-year-old girl who may have gotten pregnant, you know, how do we treat her? How do we talk to her? How do we care for her? Um, do we snuff her and say, you know, I can't believe you got pregnant, un- unwed and all that kind of stuff? Or do we take her in and say, we love you and we want to help you? And, um, and, and that type of, of issue. Miss Rebecca, these breaks come so fast. I wish they didn't have to come at all. We're at the bottom of the hour. This is a long one, folks, seven or eight minutes of a break. Hang in there. Keep listening. Don't change the dial. When we come back, we'll have some sound bites from the March for Life up in D.C. and some commentary about them, some very powerful things. Uh, Miss Rebecca, thanks for joining us today. Folks, hang in there. We'll be back in about eight minutes. Hey, let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher. You hear it every Friday from 5 until 6 right here on Talk Radio 96.7. It's brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's John Freed. Hey, thanks for hanging in there, everybody. And um, we uh, have been talking today about the issue of abortion, the issue of life, uh, the March for Life, which took place up in D.C., Today, uh, an event right here in Polk County, right here in Lakeland, tomorrow, March for Life, Polk County's March for Life, 2022, the first 
uh, of its kind, at least here. And um, that's happening right in front of City Hall tomorrow, January the 22nd. Come uh, about 9 o'clock and register. The event will start at 9.30. We'll take a march around City Hall and around Lake Mirror somewhere around 10.30. And you can march all day long if you want to. And um, we, we'll just we'll march march for life, um, folks. You 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 know me. I don't shy back from most issues. Um, if I have knowledge of them, I'll speak fairly boldly about them. I believe abortion is the greatest atrocity known in American history. We have killed uh, more babies through abortion than the number of people that have died in any war added up together. And, uh, and it still continues every day, every day. And so I, I pray to the Lord for the end of abortion in America. Yet at the same time, I advocate for this idea that at some point we have to get up off of our knees and get up on our feet. And we have to, to speak up and we have to do something. And, and that comes in a variety of different ways. It doesn't come by just uh, shouting and being angry over the fact that we have abortion. One of the ways it comes is by helping people that are faced with the issue and that are facing um, the option, if you will, of abortion. You say, well, abortion shouldn't be an option. Okay, I agree with you. It shouldn't be an option. But uh, not having abortion doesn't take away uh, undesired pregnancy. There will always be people who were not planning to be pregnant. Uh, and what do we do? How do we help them? How do we help them see the God divine life on the inside of them and begin to love that life and to give um, continued care and nurture to that life? And so that's why I am so grateful for organizations that are in uh, this city, uh, such as A Woman's Choice, such as Options for Women, and then we have other organizations. Uh, Miss Rebecca, you're on the line with us. Who, who is it out there in Lake Wales? Their Choices Clinic, uh, part of the Lake Wales Care Center. Choices Clinic, part of Lake Wales Care Center, and and then and there's Winter a, Haven. in Winter Haven and uh, a variety of ministries and and other other places that are that are there to help young women, well, even older women, just to help women who are facing pregnancy, um, especially undesired or unplanned pregnancy, to to help them through the process and in hopes that they would would choose life. Now. Uh, Miss Rebecca, you are you represent a woman's choice here in town, um, and you are having an, another event. So tomorrow, Saturday morning, there's a big event at City Hall, nine thirty. But on Tuesday, you have uh, a, a, a rather very informative event. Tell us about Tuesday. Yes, yes. Thank you for asking, John, because we're uh, really excited about this opportunity. It's Tuesday night. Uh, that's January 25th. It starts at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting it at um, Parkway Baptist Church. Um, we uh, chose that location, one of our partnering churches, but also real close to the uh, Polk Parkway. And so we're just hoping people from all over the county will be able to make their way easily to the event, and it's an event with a presentation from a research, a senior research specialist from the Charlotte Lozier Institute. And the Charlotte Lozier Institute is the research arm of the Susan B. Anthony List, both amazing pro-life organizations doing work on, on a national level. And um, so they're really about facts and figures and information. And um, I had an opportunity to sit under a presentation that they did a couple of months ago and said this presentation needs to come to our community. It's called The Facts and Future of Abortion and the Pro-Life Movement. And the, the idea there is helping people understand where abortion is going, coming, 
going from here. Uh, you know, you and I were talking about Roe v. Wade and the political side of it, mm-hmm. but this is to expose and inform all of us about the, the steps that the abortion industry has already taken and where they're going and how they plan to be able to make abortion more and more accessible to women. And so uh, I, I felt strongly, passionately when hearing the presentation that uh, in order for us to be able to engage uh, in this issue, we need to know what's going on. So I think it's critical for anyone who considers themselves pro-life, um, uh, Christian pro-life uh, people, to be out there and be informed. Um, and so, yeah, I invite everybody out to come. How would somebody find information about that? We have it on our Facebook page, which is Support AWC on Facebook. Um, we also have a website, supportawc.com, uh, where there's information um, about the event as well. So either way, uh, you can find that. It's a free event. It is not a fundraiser. Uh, the purpose of this event is to inform uh, pro-lifers about what's going on in abortion. Okay, yeah, so it's not a fundraiser. It's very much an informative meeting uh, yeah. with the Charlotte Lozier Institute, and yeah. um, man, it's, it's going to be in, incredible. Uh, I love yeah. facts and figures, especially from well-respected uh, organizations yeah. such as uh, Charlotte Lozier and uh, Susan B. Anthony. Um, you know, facts and figures that deal with issues like like this. Um, now, I know you know this, Rebecca. I was about to say, Rebecca, did you know? Uh, of course I know you know this. Uh, abortion disproportionately impacts the black community. Um, here's the statistic. 33% of all abortions, the total, 30, uh, 33% of total abortions fall on black women, even though black women only represent about 13% of the population. That's that's wild. And it's, um, you know, race issues can be very touchy uh, in our society right now. Uh, And so realizing that it should put everybody on high alert and even at at uh, at alarm to say, wait a second, why does abortion disproportionately impact the black community? Is it something wrong with the black community or is there something wrong with the intent of abortion? That now, that's the exact question, John, and um, I believe the answer is there is something wrong with the intent of the abortion industry. And if, if you trace the history uh, of the abortion industry, and particularly of the, the abortion giant, Planned Parenthood, um, you, you can see easily that from the very beginning there was intent to target the black community and other minority communities as well. And so the numbers we see today are a direct result of what was set in place and in motion um, decades ago with, with very specific intent and purpose in, um, of elevating abortion in the black communities. And they've yeah. been successful at it. They have been successful <clears throat> at it. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. It, um, Similar numbers here, a couple more statistics. Uh, 33% of abortions we've just read affect the black community. Um, But did you also, 33% of abortions are of white females as well. It's the same number. 33% of abortions for blacks, 33% of the abortions for white, and then the the remaining uh, is all the the rest. Um, But whites, there's like 
I, I don't know the, the exact number, three times more right. white in population than there are black, but right. yet abortion is just as many for black right. than it is for white. And I think you nailed it on the head. The, the origins of abortion, it was designed to eliminate uh, black population and still exists today. And so, um, you know, this uh, Tony McFadden, which we won't have time right now to play a clip, but she makes mention of this. She's a young black woman in high school who ends up having an abortion. um, And she realizes much later on in life, uh, now she is a strong proponent for life, and she believes that all lives matter. This is part of her speech, very moving, very compelling. I'm sure you could go research it and find it on YouTube, Tony McFadden, March for Life 2022. Um, but she said, you know, if all lives matter, and Dr. Martin Luther King said that every person should have the the um, a, a ability to, to search out liberty and, and freedom. Well, that would mean every person, including the person in the womb. Now, his speech was targeted towards the black community uh, in the civil rights movement of his day, and he was absolutely right. And his truth transcends just black and white. It transcends into in the womb and out of the womb as well. And so the unborn child, the unborn baby, deserves life, liberty, in the pursuit of happiness. Folks, we got to take another break. We'll be back in just over two minutes. Stay with us for the last segment of today's program. Uh, I'd like to hear Miss Rebecca's response to a couple statements made by Tony McFadden. Hang with us. Fourth and final segment of Ask the Preacher coming up for you this Friday afternoon, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church, located in North Lakeland off North Socrum Loop Road. Here's John. Well, folks, we have very little time left, and now I have two very special people on the line with us. We have uh, Miss Rebecca Klein from Options for Women. Uh, I'm sorry, well, and I got that mixed up now. We have Miss Rebecca Klein from A Woman's Choice, who has joined us for the, the whole program. And then now we have Miss Marilyn Paul from Options for Women. Hello, Marilyn. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you will be at March for Life down at uh, City Hall tomorrow as well, I think. I'll be there. Well, fantastic, fantastic. Um, I, I want to play a, a, a clip. We've been talking much about the the March for Life up in up in D.C., and uh, I, we'll see how far we get with the small amount of time we have left. But Tony McFadden, um, she's a, a young lady who had had an abortion when she was a senior in high school, and she tells a little bit about the story. Now, uh, she she's a black. Uh, woman and and so she goes on and she talks about those issues as well I don't know that we'll get time to get that far but we talked about that issue just a little bit already but an incredibly moving story um, Eric go ahead and, and play number one there was a time in my life that I believed my life was more valuable than my unborn baby my senior year in high school I selfishly ended the life of my child I believed the lie that if I aborted my child, my boyfriend would stay with me, my parents would never find out about my secret, and my life would go along as planned. And the abortion facility led me to believe the same. So how often, you guys working boots on the ground, um, how often do you find young women that, that come into your office that have a similar story to that right there? Uh, Marilyn, we'll often. go ahead and let you answer that one. Yeah, I would say often. Yes. Um, the story is, it's, I could even be daily. I mean, we have 
that is a that definitely is a story. That is definitely something that that we hear, and uh, it's heartbreaking. And, and uh, young women end up having this thought that uh, it's a quick and easy outpatient type issue. Nobody's ever going to know. Uh, we can just be quiet about this thing, and then they they find out that it's not always the the case, uh, and it's very very hurtful and uh, um, sometimes physically painful, but especially emotionally painful. I, I want to play this next, uh, this next clip, and, and Rebecca, let you comment on, on this one. I was seven weeks along. During my ultrasound, I was told that my baby was nothing, just the size of a pea. I was sent home with the chemical abortion pills, which ended up not working, causing me to experience severe hemorrhaging unexpectedly while I was in school. This was a month after taking those pills. This is the reality of abortion. It only destroys. So she ends up having the uh, the, the pill abortion. Um, speak to us a moment, the difference between the surgical abortion, the pill abortion. Um, tell us the, the, the effect there, the emotional effect. Uh, just tell us what you, what you will. Yeah. Um, so the surgical abortion is obviously surgical, that that's what traditionally people think about when they think about abortion. But the medical abortion is the abortion pill, only available, only able to be used, rather, um, in the earliest terms of a pregnancy, up until 10 weeks of pregnancy is what it's approved uh, for use by the FDA. Um, but it is one of the uh, largest growing uh, ways of abortion taking place in our nation, and it's only going to continue from here. Um, so women feel like or they've, they're being told that it's easier than a surgical abortion, uh, that it costs less, that there's no consequence to it. Basically, you find out you're pregnant, you go, you get a couple of pills, you take those pills, and everything's gone and done and taken care of. And that is the furthest from the truth, as is evidenced by the, the story that, that she's sharing. It breaks my heart um, because what they learn when they take those pills is that one, the, the physical experience can be devastating in so many different ways, but then the emotional experience of being at home alone without medical care or support, hemorrhaging and um, passing a baby you were once carrying uh, is, is life-impacting. There's, life uh, there's so much uh, about... Abortions uh, about the abortion industry that uh, that we just don't know that the general society, general public just don't know. It's been such a long time. Um, it's been happening for so long that it's become normalized, and um, and there's so many things that happen behind closed doors that we just don't realize. And everyone uh, has this potential to think that it's all hunky dory and, and just fine, and it's really. It's really not. I, I am very grateful for people like Rebecca Klein, for people like Marilyn Paul um, that that work in these uh, offices to, to help young men and young women who are facing unplanned or, or potentially undesired pregnancy. And my my desire is that uh, you guys are just amazingly successful in helping people to choose life. And on a on a personal note, that in their process of choosing life for their unborn babies, they choose the life giver. 
the Lord Jesus Christ into their life. Um, Rebecca, thanks for joining (laughs) us. Marilyn, thanks for for joining us as well. Folks, one more time just to invite you to the March for Life, Polk County March for Life in front of Lakeland City Hall on South Massachusetts Avenue tomorrow morning, Saturday, January the 22nd. Come at about 9 a.m. and join us in our stand for life. Hey, every week right here on this radio station at 5 o'clock, you can listen to Ask the Preacher. And then also you can join us at Believer's Fellowship Church up on the north side of town. Look us up, believersfellowship.com. My name is John Freed. I'm the pastor there at Believer's Fellowship. Thanks for listening today. I hope to see you tomorrow morning in front of City Hall, 9.30 a.m. God bless you, and have a wonderful weekend.